0: Hello and welcome to a spooky, here's Johnny's review of the 1998 X-Files movie. I'm not going to lie to you, this may be a bit biased. As I am a huge X-Files fan, in fact of pretty much most of my 90s. As I record this, I am drinking out of my colour changing X-Files mug which I bought back in 1995. I even have the special edition glow in the dark t-shirt which I bought back in 1994 which sadly doesn't fit me anymore. I was such a geek that I sent for signed 8x10 pictures which came but were sadly weren't signed. I also had the video games both the PC one and the PlayStation 2 one which I could never complete. I still have the limited edition X-Files VHS holder which came out shortly after the first season which was odd because it only holds five vhs's bearing in mind that the complete season had about series rather had about 25 videos out i also had the action figures for both the series and the movie which i sadly lost while moving house and i also had i still have it to this day and it still works the glow dark x-files clock but anyway enough of me my geek spending and onto the movie. I can remember when this came out back in 1998 I was so buzzed I rushed out and bought the making of book or so I thought. Sadly it gave everything away. Uh, This came out in the summer of 1998 and I ran out and bought the tickets. The first tickets to get my grubble little hands on which I think was a press screening as most of the people had notepads that's paper notepads, not iPads, and pens. So as the lights dimmed and the first notes of the reworked theme hit, I had chills and the hairs on the back of my neck stood up. And even though I knew what was going to happen, I was still buzzed. But enough of me reminiscing, and on with the show. And I suppose I should start with a plot summary. But first, starring David DeCovney, Joe Anderson, William B. Davis, Mitch Pauletti. John Neville, Jeffrey de Munn, Blythe Danner, Terry O'Quinn, and Lucas Black. Directed by Rob Bowman. Okay, the plot. Here goes. Aliens have been interfering in human lives since the dawn of man. And now the human conspirators have decided that it's time to fight back with a weak vaccine uh, that they made in secret. Mulder and Scully, have had the Files shut down again and are now just regular FBI agents. Then they get framed for an explosion and have to go on a run to clear their name. Mulder finds out it was all a cover up and Scully finds out it's an alien virus. She is quickly stung by a bee carrying a virus and is kidnapped and sent to the north pole. So Mulder hunts her down and saves her. A huge alien mothership is under the ice and takes off. Very the thing. Hmm. Uh, giving the fans they have also wanted a good look at an uh, alien mothership. Mulder and Scully get to chase in later seasons of the show, so that was a good plus for that one. So the title of the movie is actually The X-Files Movie, not as everybody thinks, X-Files Fight the Future, as that was a tagline added onto the poster. The title of the movie shows the X-File the X On the X-Files coming out of the black oil, something that I forgot to mention in a plot summary, (laughs) and also very fitting for this plot. It opens up with two cavemen hunting down something in the snow off North Texas, 30,000 BC. Hmm, I'm not gonna get into that one, because this is a sci-fi movie after all. They then track it down into a cave and are swiftly attacked by the creature they've been hunting down which you don't get a good look at. Typical X-Files. So the first caveman has a fight with it and quickly gets killed with the other one. Gets a few good licks in with his knife and is quickly overtaken by the black ooze or oil. And fast forward to modern time aka 1998 Texas. Where a very young boy falls through the ceiling of the cave played by a very young Lucas Black. Who I know from American Gothic but most people We'll know him from the Fast and the Furious movies and NCIS New Orleans. He finds a skull and is again quickly taken over by the ooze or oil. It then cuts to firemen going down the hole to retrieve Stevie, Lucas Black, and are quickly taking over spot Gary Grubbs as a fire chief that I know from One Grace, but he has done a shit ton of other TV work. I believe the term is Jobbing Actor. So a helicopter comes in and takes away the boy in a hazmat chamber of sorts and mysterious white trucks drive in and cover everything up. It then cuts to a week later where Terry O'Quinn steps off a helicopter and starts barking orders to FBI agents. O'Quinn, best known for his role in the highly overrated Lost, plays a explosive expert that lets the building go up, covering everything up. Very X-Files there. This is our introduction to Mulder Scully on the roof of the building opposite, where they're supposed to be. Very hot button topic I found in 1998 with the blowing up of government buildings, such as the World Trade Center and a few other famous explosions such as Waco, I believe. And this one quote from Mulder, it's hotter than hell, is something I use every summer since watching this. I love the huge 90s phones in this and the 90s tech. And ah yes, the will she, won't she banter between Mulder and Scully. I know Friends was huge, but come on. They aren't Ross and Rachel. Ross Please keep it professional, folks. So Mulder loses a bet, somehow, hmm? And finds the real bomb in a soft drinks machine in the recreation room of the building across from the place we're supposed to be, which has a hidden FEMA offices for some reason. And lo and behold, of random acts of unpredictability speech pays off. This is where Scully kicks into action and Barks orders a security man. I have to say, I had a thing with her back in the 90s. Her and Zena. I guess I had a thing for strong women. <laughs> I suppose I, could, I should throw Buffy into the mix also. So the bomb expert lets it blow up, and this is where the budget went on this explosion right over a lethal weapon movie. I believe this was a 14 camera setup and it was a one take explosion. Although this has CG work and some composite shots, but all in all, that was a real building. And on to a meeting of the heads of the FBI. Spot. Will's mum from Will and Grace, the Blythe Danner, as one of the heads of the FBI. Unnamed, I think. Where Mulder and Scully get blamed for everything and get split up, which makes Scully quit the FBI and go back to being a doctor. Yeah, remember she was a doctor before she was an alien hunter? Hmm. Mulder gets drunk at a bar and tells the barmaid his story. Then goes for a piss, where he's approached by Dr. Kurtzvi- Kurtzville. Played by Madeline Lardieu, uh, if everybody knows from *Space* 1999, I'm guessing, and other such hit TV shows. I tells on the bomb was really a real cover-up, and the fireman and the boys—the boy rather—was already dead. Note: Mulder takes a piss on an Independence Day poster, which Chris Carter's not so subtle way of showing he hated the movie and raw really disdained it, even though the movie's giving the TV show is given a shout out in the movie. It then cuts to a cornfield in the middle of Texas and the CSM or cigarette smoking man William B. Davis who gave up smoking in the 80s and is actually smoking herbal cigarettes where he is shown one of the firemen with an alien slash human hybrid growing inside of him. This is where we first get to find out CSM has a secret vaccine to fight the aliens with. Mulder and Scully go to the morgue to find out what happened to the bodies and find the bodies are, quote, like jelly, and Scully pokes it with a gloved hand. Really? You would poke a see through body covered in goo with your hand, gloved or not? Yeah, great doctor she is. So she performs an autopsy on the see through man. While Mulder hunts down Dr. Kirchville and he tells him about the secret U.S. government fever he also tells him about his father's involvement with the aliens and this is where the plot goes into a David Ike territory about the cover-ups of secret government etc etc and the, the guy is a nut job saying everything from bombings to shootings are government covering up. something uh, every little celebrity scandal is a cover-up to make sure we're not paying attention to what's happening in the real world. Hmm, yeah right, and 9-11 was inside job. But, what if he was right? Hmm, don't forget folks, keep an open mind because the truth is out there. So, Scully and Mulder fly back to Texas and find that bones were found in the wreckage. Fossilized bones that have the same properties as the fireman's bones that Scully was looking at earlier and found out where they were from cut to jeffrey daemon's character getting set up by the csm's men again we don't get a good look at the alien just the shadow but it's all very Ridley scott's alien as i'd be barely get to see the fucking thing it then cuts to somerset and a well manicured man yeah that's a real shit name i didn't come up with it and hey ho played by john neville watching his grandchildren playing, which I'm guessing is the reason why he turns to Mulder. hmm So on to London, just outside the Royal Albert Hall, where CSM and his cohorts have a secret meeting about what can be done about the aliens and the colonisation of the planet. I love the fact it's a room full of rich old white men that are talking about the fate of mankind. It's a it's all very David Icke's white dream come true. hmm so Scully gets picked to throw Mulder off the case yet again, and this is where the plot kicks in, with Mulder and Scully chasing down the mysterious tank tankers. So they drive into the night and have a roadside chat about the alien virus, when lo and behold, the trucks are on a train that just so happened to pop out from absolutely nowhere. I should mention that according to the doctor's commentary, Duchovny and Anderson did all of their own stunts and all of their own stunt driving. They then find a cornfield in the middle of the desert and walk through it to find two huge biodomes which are unlocked and are guarded, which neither Mulder nor Scully find suspicious. Yeah, they've been tracking down aliens for five years and they don't find this at all suspicious hmm these are two FBI agents and as I says they have been tracking down aliens for the past five years and don't find this thing weird at all mm. anyway on to the main stunt the bee stunt where over 3,000 bees live bees were used and Anderson and the company could not use stunt doubles so both were covered in hundreds of real live bees then as out of nowhere, they get chased by strange lights, which of course Mulder thinks is a UFO, until it's shown it's actually two attack helicopters, which apparently were only about 100 feet above the actors, as D'Calvini complains in the behind the scenes footage on the DVD. Also, apparently, at the very last shot of this, the two helicopters crisscross and their light beams show an X in the corn. Mm. So they're chased and buzzed by the copters, and then mysteriously disappear once Mulder and Scully make it out of the field. It then cuts to the next day, and Scully is late for her beating with the heads of the FBI. Keep in mind she hasn't changed outfits in over 24 hours, but I'll get back to that later. When she is grilled by the heads of the FBI, Mulder meets something with Landau, and they discuss their findings in Texas. This is where one lone bee crawls from out of under Scully's lapel. Which has been there for 11 plus hours, uh, but more not that later. And goes back under her collar, back to Mulder and Kurtz- Kurtzwell, Sorry, secret meeting in public. Hmm, where Mulder grills him for answers and gets told he doesn't know everything he then tells that Mulder notices that Kurtzfell is getting watched and followed. So instead of warning Kurtzfell or following the man, he goes home, yes well done Mulder, great investigation there, and digs out an old family album. And lo and behold, a badly photoshopped picture of Kurtzfell is there at a family barbecue. Bearing in mind these men work for secret organisations, yet they have the Picture taken in public? Yeah, right. So Scully walks into Mulder's home and tells him she has quit the FBI. And this is where, after hours of being her person, the bee decides to sting her just as she and Mulder kiss. piss writing and this lovey-dovey bullshit between the Ross and Rachel of the paranormal had to stop. Unfortunately, it contained on in the TV series and I believe they had a kit. She goes into shock and is whisked away by the CSM's men I'm to get shot in the head at close blank range, yet yeah, he's perfectly fine, Here, yeah, right. Hours later, Scully is taken aboard a plane and is transported in the same hazmat tube as the boy straight to the North Pole. And cue the cameo by the super annoying lone gunman that fact we were killed off in the last season of the x-files yeah so Mulder gets shot in the head three more centimeters and we'll be playing harps yet he walks out of the hospital dressed as one of the lawn guard men goes for another meeting which cuts fell knowing he was followed and this is where the well-manicured man has him killed and the well-manicured man tells him where scully is and gives all his dirty little secrets in hope of saving his own hide. Again, more David Ike conspiracy bullshit about viruses and aliens trying to control us with viruses such as HIV, Ebola and other such viruses. Also clones and colonization. Hmm, it's all very David Icke. So Mulder gets out of the car which they were driving around in and the Will one gets blowing up after giving Mulder the, quote, weak vaccine. He is then told to find Scully and he has mere hours to save her and possibly the planet. Cut to the North Pole and Mulder somehow gets there and is driving a snowcat with no team and hunts down Scully. Yeah, right. I mean, Come on, there's suspended belief and a suspended belief. Come on, he drives a snowcat with a bullet in his head, or a mild concussion, or what the hell it is? Come on, really? It's the North Pole, and he's wearing an anorak. I know this was shot in Canada, but come on, just a anorak, or rather an anorak. He then falls through the snow. Uh I guess this is where the stunt work kicks in, and finds an alien mothership. Again, very the thing. Climbing through the air vents. He somehow finds Scully in hundreds of bodies in the many many corridors, but not before another nod to Rudder Scott's alien where he finds a frozen body of an alien growing inside of her. Not Scully that is, but the person he finds. It's also very Matrix layout, not to mention a Borg cube. After free-falling for hundreds of feet, again, more great stunt work done by Duchovny sliding down a slide. He miraculously finds Scully's body with ease. He injects her with the quote, weak vaccine and all breaks loose. I actually just noticed this is the first time where neither Mulder or Scully pulls a gun. The running joke being every time Mulder pulls his gun he loses it. So with one injection of the quote weak vaccine the mothership starts to heat up and CSM and his men are run for cover the vaccine also causes some of the hybrid aliens to wake up making their escape Mulder carries Scully to some exhaust pipe as the exact same exhaust pipe as the one he came in on somehow bearing in mind he fell for hundreds of feet and it only climbed for a few minutes Scully almost dies, but is brought back to life by Mulder just as the alien hybrids start to wake up. Again, not getting a good look at the fucking aliens, typical X-Files. As I get chewed through the exhaust vents, the alien dies and they make a run for it on the crumbling ice sheet as the mothership takes off, which of course Scully doesn't see, only Mulder. Uh, of course, Mulder now collapses on the ice because of, well, I don't know, concussion I'm guessing? So anyway, somehow they find a snowcat and make it back to DC. Uh, but not before, hypothermia almost kills both of them on ice and, you know, it's cold in North Pole and all he was wearing is one fucking anorak. Bearing in mind, he was shot in the head at cross range just two days earlier. Hmm. Also, no wonder our eyes caps are melting if there's huge alien motherships under them taking off when they feel like it. (laughs) It then cuts to Scully in another meeting with the heads of the FBI. Wait, didn't she quit? As she is told, her report is incredible and unbelievable. Uh, One of CSM's men steals a fossil bones, so she hands over the bee that stung her as more white tankards are taking away the oil known as nature's finest corn oil and the cornfields are burned. This then reopens the X-Files just in time for season six except Scully is the believer and Mulder is the non-believing skeptic. By the way very little on the terms of frostbite can be seen on Scully's face and none on Mulder's. Hmm they survived the arctic weather then. Hmm. So it cuts the helicopter shot of Tunisia, this very same place where the Star Wars movies were filmed. I guess I'm not getting away from Star Wars anytime this year soon. And yet more cornfields as credits roll. And one thing I'll say before wrapping this up is if the cold stops the aliens from gestating and growing, then why put the cornfields in the middle of the Tunisian desert? Hmm. So that was the X Film movie after all the secrets and all the hype and all the loot scripts and internet BS, this feels like a multi-part episode, so I'm going to give this a solid 6 out of 10. So don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod and email me suggestions with movies you would like me to do at Here's Johnny Reviews at gmail.com. Also, tune in next week for more X-Files as I look back at the 2008 movie, I Want to Believe. Then in February, I'm doing Valentine's Horror. Then, my review of Deadpool. In March, I'm doing Monster March Madness as I look at movies such as Gremlins 2, Troll 1 and 2, Gooties, and Critters. So, bye for now, and remember the truth is out there. Also, don't forget to watch the 10th season coming very soon. I want to believe it'll be good, but and a hit, but after 14 years of being off air, I'm not sure. I guess I'll have to watch it and find out. Anyway